Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. incredible message hasn't it this message of God is in control who's been enjoying it yeah I've loved it I've, I've loved every minute of it um, some of the messages you just have to listen to over and over again if, if you haven't been listening to the podcast messages you probably need to so you can either go through um, through our webpage where you can get onto all the podcasts or you can go on through sermon.net. If you've got an iPhone, you can download that app, sermon.net, and then you can um, connect with all, all our messages. Amen? It's great. I've loved it. You know, I, I, had, um, I had breakfast with Ra. Who knows Ra? Yeah, I had breakfast with Ra the other day. And um, is one of the big fans on? Can we turn it off, please? I had breakfast with Ra the other day, and, you know, Ra's a new son in the house, you know, reasonably new. And, you know, we love to have time with these sons that we're raising up. We're raising up sons and daughters. What do you think of Rachel tonight? The yeah. communion. <laughs> wow. You know, and, you know, Ollie this morning with communion. I mean, even when I look at Luke, you know, I go, oh, like they're just so amazing, these sons and these daughters that we're raising up in the church. And so I had breakfast with Ra, and I'm saying, you know, Ra, you know, we so long to impart into your life, and, you know, what, what can we give you? What can we, what can we give you that would add to your life? And he said this, Pastor Julie, I've been in a lot of churches, I've been in a lot of places. Honestly, what you and Pastor Phil have is something that is very, very rare. And I thought, well, what's that, Ra? You've been under some of the greatest preachers in the world. You, you've been under some of the greatest teachers in the world. You've been under some of the greatest ministry in the world. He said, what you have and what you've maintained through a long period of time is you've maintained intimacy with God. Because when you get into the doing of ministry and you get into the life of ministry and you get into the busyness of ministry, you know, a lot of ministers lose it. A lot of ministers start without it. They just do a lot of structure and a lot of putting things together and a lot of organisation and then they say, God, come and bless this. Well, we kind of just went, we'll get God first, then we'll just let God teach us how to do the stuff but we'll never want to take a step without God. Not one step without being before the presence of God and saying, Lord, which way now? What do we do now? And he said, what's the secret of that? Ra said to me, what's the secret of that, Pastor Julie? What is the secret of this that you, you and Pastor Phil have that I so desperately want? That's what I want. 
I want to know God the way you guys know God. And I want to know God the way you know you guys know God for a long period of time, not just for, you know, one revival meeting and then it's gone. But, you know, you've been in ministry, you know, it's going on 19 years and yet you're still in love with him. And tonight I want to give you some keys on what it is that allows God to maintain control firstly over this church and secondly over our lives and how that gives God liberty to move. See, we've talked about God being in control of the universe and God's in control of time and God's in control outside time and God is the beginning and the end and the whole world is in the palm of his hand and nothing can happen unless, it's, unless God is in control. But we've understood all that. But let's bring it right down. God is in control of all. God is amazing and big and huge and his hand is the expanse of the whole universe. But God is small enough to live inside me. And you see, ultimately, when Jesus went to the cross and paid the price for your life and my life, he did that so that God, the God of the whole universe, could come and live inside me. And so if he has control of the whole world, he has control of everything and the elements and God is in control of all things, and yet at the end of the day I stand before him and he wasn't in control of me and my innermost being, then what will I say to him? You know, he says many will come in that day say, Lord, Lord, in your name. We did great miracles in your name. You know, we, we cast out demons. In your name, we built great churches. In your name, we did great works. And he says, he says he will say, depart from me, for I never knew you. And I explained a few weeks ago when I preached that that word knew is the same word that is in Genesis that says, and Adam knew Eve. You know, depart from me. You did all these great things, but I actually never knew. I never knew you. You know, when we, when we come and we give our lives to Jesus Christ, we might have said a prayer something like this. Lord, I believe in you. I believe you are the Son of God. Forgive me for all my sins. Come and live in my heart. I give you control. I declare you are the Lord of my life. If God is in control, then there can't be two of us in control. If God is in control, then someone has to let go. If God is in control, then someone has to relinquish control. Wow, you're so quiet. You're getting it. <laughs> it's great. So, 
I want to ask three questions tonight and hopefully I'll be able to answer them for you. Number one, is God in control in your personal life? I mean, really, in your per- when I say personal life, I mean in your innermost being. How far have you let him in? Did you say a prayer and then it stopped? Did, were you passionate for him once upon a time, but now you've grown dry? How passionately connected is God in your personal life? Is God in control of your personal life? Number two. How much control do you give him? That's an interesting question. And number three, how will it benefit the plan of God overall if I let go and let God? Amen. Now, I want to reach you out of Ezekiel. And um, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Ezekiel 47. And in this, Ezekiel the prophet is having a vision. And I believe there's so much in this vision that we can draw out when we're talking about relinquishing control to God and coming deeper into God and allowing God to take us into deeper things. Amen? And I want to just speak to you in this vision. Ezekiel talks about right through this vision, he says, And the man, he talks about the man. And what I want to say to you tonight as I'm reading the scripture, I want you to think about the man as a picture of Jesus Christ who is within you to bring you into all truth. John 14, 26, Jesus Christ is in you to bring you into all truth. So as I read this, I want you to think about this is Jesus. He's the man. And he is speaking to me through this vision that Ezekiel had. And he's wooing me. And he's encouraging me to just come to that deeper place of intimacy where I can come to a place where I let go And I let God. Amen? So this is Ezekiel speaking. He says, In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. And there I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar and its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me to the eastern entrance. And there I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet. That's in today's terminologies. Now, 1,750 feet is about 530 metres, somewhere around there, about half a kilometre. So it wasn't a short way that the man was leading him. It was actually quite a long distance, about half a kilometre. So he measured out. He took me along the stream for 1,750 feet, and then he led me across. Listen to this. And the water was up to my ankles. And then he measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again, and this time the water was up to my knees. And another 1,750 feet, and it was up to my waist. 
And then he measured another 1,750 feet and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. And then he asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the river bank and when I returned I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. And then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the deep sea. The waters of the stream will make salty the waters of the dead sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the dead sea for its waters will become fresh. Uh, life will flourish wherever the water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea all the way from Engadai to Ingalam. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river and the leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall and there will always be fruit in their branches. There will be a new crop every month for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be food and the leaves for healing. What does all that mean, Pastor Julie? Sounds like, you know, some fantasy novel or something like that. Let me explain it to you bit by bit. The first question, is God in control in your personal life? You know, we say, we say that prayer. But when we say to God, I'm giving you control, you are Lord of my life, are we really letting him in? It's interesting in this scripture because it says, the man led me. The man led me. He didn't send me. He didn't order me. He didn't drag me. The man led me. You know, when we're willing to be led, it's because we have this confidence and this trust that whoever's leading us is going to be leading us in the right place. I mean, here is this vision with Ezekiel. The man comes in this vision, he just measures out this length of space and then it says, and he leads me. Now obviously when he begins to walk, there's no water. He saw water coming in under the doors, but there was no water. And he said, he leads me out and he said, and the water came up to my ankles. Let me tell you this, God is so patient when he wants to bring us out, when he wants to lead us, when he wants to take us out of our comfort zones, when he wants to go deeper inside of us, you know, your salvation, when you said that prayer, was the very first step, but it was the beginning of a process. It was the beginning of a process of God. You may have walked and you got ankle-deep water, and you can stay in that ankle-deep water. You can splash around in the, in, in the ankle-deep water and never go into deep water and never experience the fullness of what God has for you. You can say, I'm okay here, God. I'm kind of got up to the ankles. God, you're leading me. This is amazing. But God, from the ankles up, I've got to keep control of my life. I've, 
you know, I, I know what I'm doing. And, and besides, when I've trusted people in the past, they've hurt me. When I've, when I've given over control of certain areas of my life, I've been, you know, hurt and abused and, and mistreated and, and misrepresented. And, you know, God, how can I give these areas of my life to you when they're just so, I'm so vulnerable? I would prefer, if you don't mind, if we just stay ankle deep, and it's all cool. I'm going to heaven, aren't I? Yes, I'm going to heaven. And so I'll just stay ankle deep for the rest of my life and I'll stay in control of the whole rest of it. You see, in the scripture, he's telling us that he leads, he woos, he's saying, you know, I measured out this for you. You know, there is a future and a hope. There, there is more for you. I'm measuring out something before you, in the path before you. I've written it in my book for you to walk in. You know, there's things for you to accomplish on this earth. There's places for you to see. There's things for you to do. I want to go deeper into your life. I want to take you deeper so that we can go further. I want to take you deeper so that we can go further. And so he took him up to his ankles. I love this in these scriptures. We can see this pattern because it says, in these verses it said, he brought me out, he brought me through, and he brought me to. He brought me out, he brought me through, and he brought me to. And when we first get saved, he might have brought us out, but he has a plan to bring you through, and he has a plan to bring you to the perfect plan for your whole life he has in store for you. And if we, if we don't yield ourselves to the processes of God, then we get stuck. We get stuck like many people do, like many ministers do, like many Christians do. They just get stuck going through the motions, doing what they usually have done, doing what used to work yesterday, having a relationship with God that is only ankle deep because they, wanna, they, they, they just want to protect themselves. And you know what we, we do? We put up walls of protection. We start doing that from the time we're little children, when, when we start to learn that people hurt, life hurts, situations hurt, circumstances hurt, and we need to protect ourselves. So we start putting up these walls of protection around us. We start to putting up, and those walls are called control. They say, I've got these walls here because I need to control my atmosphere. Because if I let down any of those walls, if I let down any of those walls of control, then I am vulnerable to those things that are around me. And so when we stand before God, we bring our walls we, we, we bring these things that separate us from God. When Jesus has paid the price for full access to God, but we still live separated. Even though we've got our feet in, we're going to heaven. Now I've got my shoes of the gospel of peace on. I'm going to heaven, but I'm still separated from God because there's areas of my life, there's areas of me, there's fears, there's doubts, there's hurts. There's, there's parts of my personality that he wants to renew and, 
and restore. And I just, I just can't go there. But he's measuring it out before me. And he's not ordering me. He's not demanding it of me. He's not even pushing me. He's just waiting with his hand outstretched. And he wants to lead me. And he's wooing me through the songs, through the worship. He's wooing me through the word when I read it. He's wooing me in the early mornings when he's saying, come away with me. Have time with me. Wait in my presence. He's wooing me. And I have to choose whether I go deeper with him. Amen. Progressive steps in our lives. The word is living and active, moving us from glory to glory to glory. From the time we're born again, there should be movement. From the time we're born again, there should be ever-increasing change, ever-increasing glory. The Bible calls it sanctification. We're being changed from glory to glory into the very image of Jesus Christ. And so when we get to a place and we get to our ankles and we say, Lord, I feel stuck. I feel dissatisfied. I feel bored. I feel dry. I feel empty. I feel like I've lost vision. Then we need to go back to that place where we stepped in with our ankles and say, Lord, do you want to take me somewhere? Do you want to lead me a little further? Do I need to give up control of another area of my life so that you may come and take my hands and gently lead me? And of course, the scriptures say then, he led me and the water was up to my knees. You know, there's nothing more beautiful then more of God and less of me. When Pastor Phil first got saved, they'd say to him, you know, what did you do? Did you just, you know, did you start just giving stuff up? I mean, the life he used to live, you know, what went first? You know, the drink, the, the drugs, the, the, the partying, you know. What did you do? Did you just have a list of things that you just had to give up? And Pastor Phil says, no, that's not how it works. You see, I just got filled up with God. And the more I got filled up with God, there was actually no more room for those things in my life. And the more I got filled up with God, they just started to pop off the top. It's just like they just started to pop off the top because, because I was being filled with God. And when you're being filled with God, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. These things just don't even make sense anymore. Why? Why would I want to get high when I've got the most high inside of me? Why would I want to go and hide myself in alcohol when I can go into the presence of God and be filled with the Spirit of God? Why would I want to go party when I can party with God and have beautiful family like this to go out with and hang out with and do beautiful things this summer. Up to my knees, I'm getting filled with God. And then he measures it out again. Measures it out again and he, and he leads him. Come on, I've got more for you. I've got more for you. 
and he leads him again. And you know, it takes decision making at that point. When, you know, you can't, you know, it's not just like God's just going to come and loudly yell at you or, you know, say, come on, it's time to move. It's like this, this still small voice. It's like the wind, come, come, come. And you're being drawn by his presence. And you go, but if I go there, God, if I go deeper, you know, I'm going to be more vulnerable. But what we don't understand is the more vulnerable we are to God, the less vulnerable we are to the world around us. The more vulnerable we are to God, the more protection we have from the enemy. The more vulnerable we are to God, the better our lives will go and we won't have as many problems. And so he goes now and he goes a little bit deeper. Now he's up to his waist. And it's like, whoa, I'm up to my waist now. And it's like, I'm getting filled up with God. And, and things are starting to pop off. And I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel like, you know, this, this is pretty good. I reckon I could, I could do this more. And then God says, but I, but I need you to give up that. You know, you need to give up that unforgiveness right there. What? What? No, 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 God, I want more of you, but I can never forgive them. I want you to give up that attitude. I want more of you, God, but I'll never give up that attitude because I'm the tough person and I've always been a tough person and that's what's got me through life. I want more of you, God, but I'll never give up on my controlling of circumstances because me keeping everything in order and everything clean and tidy and, you know, it's just how it keeps my life ordered. But you're messy, God. And he just draws you, he just draws you. He says, come a little bit deeper. Come a little bit deeper. And then the vision, Ezekiel's vision, he goes deeper and he says, now he's in water that he can no longer walk through. Now he's in water that he cannot stand up in anymore. Now he's in water that he's completely lost control. You know if you're in water and you can't stand up anymore, your body is actually now flowing with the water. You haven't got your feet on solid ground. You're not going anymore. You're just out of control. The only thing to do when you're in water that's that deep is float on your back. I say to my grandkids, if you're in the water and you get tired from dog paddling, because they say, look, Nan, I'm dog paddling, I'm dog paddling, I'm dog paddling. I go, and then they go, they're slowly going under, you know, I'm tired. No, get on your back, float, surrender, give up, lay on your back, and let the natural, the natural gravity of the water hold you up. It's an amazing thing to let go and let God. Amen? And the Bible says in Matthew 18.3, it says this, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Just look at this image. You know, if Andrew was to say to Charlie, Andrew's my son-in-law, Charlie's my little grandson. I kind of thought that kind of looked like them, but it doesn't look much like Andrew. It looks a lot like Charlie. 
And, you know, there's plenty of times where Andrew takes Charlie to places that I would think were quite dangerous. You know, even places like that where there's a huge surf, you know, they're on the edge of a rock, and I'm thinking, Andrew, get back from the edge. What are you doing? What are you doing? But it's just like, Charlie's there. No, I got Dad's hand. It's all good. And you know what? If Andrew told him to jump in that water, he would have no qualms about jumping in that water because he would say, it's okay, Dad's here. Dad's got me. Dad, even if I, even if I jumped in there, Dad would come in after me if it was dangerous. It's okay, Dad's got me. And see, in the scripture where it says become like little children, there's a place where we just got to kind of let go and let God. Amen? How much control do you give God? Do you let him come to your ankles? Do you let, him, do you let the water come up to your knees? Do you let the water come up to your waist? Because this water was flowing from the very temple of God. You know that Revelations talks about a river that flows from the very presence of God and comes down into the temple. You know, God wants to come from that very place and fill you with himself. He wants to consume you. He actually wants to possess your being so that everything that you are flows out from his presence, from his throne room, everything you are. Amen? So number three, the question I asked, what does it benefit the plan of God if I just let go and let God? Look at these scriptures that he says, after he's led him through, after he's led him to the place where he's just out of control because the water's so deep that he can only swim in it. He says this, he asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Have you been watching? And he says this, then he led me back along the riverbank where I turned and I was surprised at the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Do you know when you let the river that flows from the very throne room of God literally pour down through you and fill you up until you are completely filled with him, you'll notice that trees will begin to grow around your life. You'll know that on the edges of that river, you'll begin to see trees that are growing on the edges of that river. And then it says here, and then it says that the river flows through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. How much do we need the church? How much do we need you to flow through the valley of the Dead Sea that is all around us? Amen. And it says, The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. You know, the Bible says that we, 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 we get filled with God and then out of the overflow of that is what we pour out on the earth. Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. My cup overflows. And when we're filled up with God, we just overflow with him. And then it says here, there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. You know, we're so worried about things that are dead anyway. 
But when we give our lives completely over to the control of God, everything begins to live because he is life. And when he, wherever he comes, there is life. He takes the dead things of our lives and he makes life out of them. He takes the pain and he makes it compassion. He takes, he takes the experiences that we've had and he, and he sends us out to people that need to hear that there is river flowing that cleanses that pain and those experiences. Amen? Wherever the river flows. And it says, fish will abound in the Dead Sea. The waters will become fresh and life will flourish wherever this water flows. What is fish when we talk about the Word of God? What did Jesus say to the disciples? I will make you fishermen of men. Wherever this water flows, there seem to be fish. And then it says, And fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea all the way from Engadai to Engalam, and the shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. The greatest harvest of all time is waiting for us to be so filled with God that the river of God just flows out of us wherever we go. And fish, nets of fish are caught and being dried out in the presence of the Son of God, being restored and refreshed because we had something on us to give. And it says, fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. I love that. Fish of every kind. Does that mean that, you know, young, old, drug addicts, Muslims, Chinese, Buddhists. Does that mean that every kind of fish, if I've got the river of God flowing through, if I allow him to fill me up until I'm overflowing, does that mean that the river will go out and bring in every kind of fish, the hardest of hard, the worst of sinners, the coldest of hearts? Yes. Because wherever the river is, there is life and it brings life. Amen. And then it says, fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. Who knows about the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. There's one more. Oh, don't tell me that one, Julie. Long-suffering. I always forget that one. (sighs) On purpose. Fruit trees of all kinds, will grow along the sides of the river. And the leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall and there will always be fruit on their branches. You know, you can't learn about the fruit of the Spirit. It's God coming inside of you and displaying fruit on your branches. And there will be a new crop every month for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food. Food for the hungry people. Fruit, food for hungry people. And the leaves will be for the healing. And one translation said, the leaves for the healing of the nations. Can you imagine if you could just stick your branch out and a leaf falls off your tree and healing falls on someone? And this morning I prayed for a little boy that's being tested for autism tomorrow. 
with all my heart. I wanted that little boy healed. I wanted the river of God so full in me that, that, that the very throne of God, the river of God from the throne of God would be pouring through me into that little boy, into that crying mother and bring healing into his body. How much do you want that? How much do you want to be used by God in that way? Amen. You know, I, I, read, I read these lyrics this week, listening to this song, and it, oh, just, it just, actually, I was totaled. Because I'm at this place right now. This week, this week I'm going to um, a leader's, pastor's refreshing time down at Dayspring Church. And, and you know why I'm going? Because I'm going to spend three days in the presence of God, hopefully on my back on the floor, hopefully with the river of God pouring through me so that I can come back fresh. You know, you ask, and Ra asked the question, what is it, Pastor Phil and Julie, that you've got? And I want to tell you this. We're always saying to God, what do you need, God? What blockages are there? What is stopping you filling us in any way, shape or form? David said, God, look at my heart. See if there be anything in me and lead me in the paths of everlasting life. When you can come like a child before God, no matter how smart you think you are, no matter how many years you've been a Christian, when you can come before God and say, I'm in a process, and God, and I want your process to continue in my life until I'm completely flowing this river when there's, when there's nothing that will block your presence and your love touching a dying and a hurting world. I want that, God. And these, these lyrics are beautiful. I'm going to play this song for you in a minute. And when I play this song, it's going to be on a YouTube because I want that whole worship team, we're going to just spend like 10 minutes just in the presence of God. You know, you can sit in your seat, you can stand, you can come on the altar. We're going to dim the lights down a bit, just play this YouTube and just let you have like 10 minutes. You can go longer if you want. There's no time restraint but 10 minutes for those who need to go home and have got to watch. But time just to stop and say, Lord, fill me up. I want to give over control of this part of my life. I want to forgive those people. I want to, I want to trust you, God, like a child. I want to take your hand. I want you to lead me. And we're going to have that time in a minute. But just listen to these lyrics. I have come to this place in my life. I'm full, but I'm not satisfied. This longing to have more of you, I can feel it. My heart is convinced. I'm thirsty. My soul can't be quenched. You already know this, but still, come and do whatever you want to. I'm standing knee-deep but I'm out where I've never been. I feel you coming and I hear your voice in the wind. Would you come and tear down the boxes that I tried to put you in? 
Let love come teach me who you are again. Take me back to the place where my heart was only about you and all I wanted was just to be with you. Come and do whatever you want to. And further and further, my heart moves away from the shore. Whatever it looks like, whatever may come, I am yours. Further and further, my heart moves away from the shore. Whatever it looks like, whatever may come, I am yours. Then you crash over me. And I've lost control, but I'm free. I'm going under. I'm in over my head. And you crash over me. And I'm where you want me to be. I'm going under. I'm in over my head. Whether I sink or whether I swim, it makes no difference when I'm beautifully in over my head. Whether I sink or whether I swim, it makes no difference when I'm beautifully in under my head. Amen. I'm just going to put that YouTube on. And I just want you to have a time of reflection yourself with God. The altar's open. We're going to dim the lights down. And let's just wait on God and have a reflection time. Amen. Thank you, Lord. soaking prayer, you feel like you just want hands laid on you, just say I want to be filled with God and I just need help with that you know, we're just going to be here to pray for you as well Amen, let's just stand to our feet and just use this as a time I have come to this place in my life I just turn it up please but I've not satisfied this Longing to have more of you. Oh God, we want you, God. And I can feel Turn it my up, heart is convinced. I'm thirsty, my soul can't be quenched. You already know this, but still. you take 
I'm just going to listen to that song again, but I just want to bring this up. You know, if you noticed in that scripture, he didn't just lead him straight to deep water and just throw him in. It wasn't like a father taking a child, throw them in the deep water and say, learn to swim, kid. He was patient with him. He was gentle with him. He led him to his ankles, then to his knees, then to his waist. He measured it out before him each time. He measured out, let him see how far it was. He let him see what the distance was he had to travel. And then he led him into deeper waters. God is patient. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.